Okay, we are doing it. We are podcasting. I am so excited. Welcome to the very first episode of Tupin Talks. I am Katie Tupin and I will be your host and this is the podcast in which I talk about whatever I want to talk about to whoever I want to talk about it to. And this will be an ongoing thing and you can live stream this show every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Time on my Facebook or my YouTube channels. You can also listen to this while you're driving or whatever on all the podcast listening places. Um, but it is a good idea to tune in live because I'm doing lots of giveaways. If you comment, you have a chance to win a merch bundle from me. And if you share this live stream, then you have a chance to win something from my guest. And this week it is Susto. And I am so excited for you guys to hear this conversation that we had last week. Um, Susto has a brand new album out called Time in the Sun, which I can't get enough of because it's daylight savings and it gets dark at five o'clock. And so that doesn't bode well with me. And I've been going to sleep at 7.30. So this album is positive and wonderful and awesome and uplifting and I cannot get enough of it. So I can't wait for you to hear our conversation here shortly. But first, I have a lot of announcements to make. So buckle in. First, I have an album out this year called Little heart and I am so excited about this little album you guys it's probably my favorite thing I've ever made and there's a song on it called astronaut that reached number 76 on the billboard AAA chart you can check out this album on all the streaming places and you can check out the music video for astronaut featuring my adorable niece Ren Tupin me and Ren are in astronaut costumes and you can buy it on vinyl, you can buy it on CD, you can buy it on iTunes, I think that's still a thing, or you can just stream it, you know, you can do that too. It's on those those streaming platforms. Um, so check that out. Next, this week I announced that I have a new bumper sticker and it says, Rock isn't dead, it's just Americana now, which is something I believe. I also believe that's true with country, country isn't dead, it's just Americana. Folk isn't dead. It's just Americana. So there's some more bumper stickers probably in the works here. But right now, it's Rock Isn't Dead. It's just Americana now. And you can get that bumper sticker for 8 bucks. Perfect little stocking stuffer. Um, but, you know, you can also get it for free because I have a sale going on. And that sale gets you a free bumper sticker when you when you spend 50 bucks. You just enter KT Holiday 2021 and at checkout and then you get... The bumper sticker for free i also have a deal for half off cds right now and that code works for those half off cds also next announcement i have a very fun project going on that if you follow me on instagram or any of these places you know that i am making a blink 182 tribute album from the leukemia and lymphoma society okay i'll give you the backstory on this project because that might seem a little left field to you. But I was a huge Blink-182 fan uh, when I was 13. And so those songs were very inf uh, important to me in, in very informative years. And so I had the realization recently that all of those songs make really good Americana-y songs. They're all well-written. They have great melodies. They have great arrangements. There was just a lot of drum fills and whiny voices. So when you take that away, you have really great songs. And so I put my theory to the test and I made videos and I put a video of Adam's song on Instagram. And lo and behold, somebody must have shared that with Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 because Mark reposted it and within like 10 seconds I had like 150,000 views on this video and I thought, you know what? I think there's something to this. This will be fun. And so Mark is uh, in remission. He has lymphoma and I thought what better thing than to put all the proceeds of this project to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society who do, do incredible things for, uh, to support um, those with leukemia and lymphoma. And Anyways, so if you want this project to happen, if you want to see this Blink-182 tribute album happen, there is a GoFundMe for that album. And it will, I think I'm going to close it by the end of the year. So if there's not enough funding for a full album, I have started five songs. Hopefully I'll finish those five songs. But the idea is I'd love to make a full-length album. So you can help with that by going over that GoFundMe and checking that out. There's also a merch store for uh, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. The best part of this is it's called Blink-182-Pin. 
that's hilarious, right? Okay, but then there's part of me that says maybe it should have been Blink-182. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know about the marketing. But it is called Blink-182, and there are there's merch up on my website. And that merch in particular, the proceeds of that merch go toward the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society so that we can immediately start donating to them. Next announcement. I have started something called Camp Katie. All right, I'll give you the backstory on this a little bit. I have a playlist on Spotify called My Fans Bands. And a while back, I just asked people if they wanted me to put them on a playlist. If they were in a band, I would put them on a playlist. And so I started doing this and I found out that I have a lot of fans that are in bands apparently because every month there's 20 or 30 new submissions to this playlist. I update it. Songs stay on there for two or three months and then I take them off and there's just constantly a lot of music on there. And so I thought, what a cool thing that I have this many fans that are in bands. And I found some of my favorite new bands on this thing, you guys. It's like really good. So you can check out that playlist or if you're in a band, you can submit by commenting now on Instagram or Facebook on the post that calls for it. Please do not text me. Please do not DM me. Please don't email me. Like your song won't get on the playlist unless you comment on those posts. So you don't need to link the song. Like I can, I can figure it out. I just need the name of the band and the name of the song. And this is not for your friend's band. It's not for your favorite band. It's for your band. So if you're not in a band, this doesn't apply to you. You can just go check out the playlist. So anyway, so I started this playlist and I thought, this is cool. There's a lot of people here. Um, wouldn't it be cool if we had a place we could all hang out and I could give songwriting tips and I could have guest speakers and I could give challenges and yada, 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 yada. So I did it. I started this place. It's called Camp Katie. It's on Patreon. And so you can join as a happy camper and I will add you to uh, a, a private text group as well as you can join Zoom calls that I have uh, several a month. We've had my booking agent on, and then I had uh, Scott Davis on, who was the main collaborator in, uh, on the record Magnetic Moves of mine. He also co-wrote Ghost, Glitter and Gold, Don't Want to Die With Me. He's my favorite collaborator. So I'm inviting really cool people on there that you can ask questions to. So if that interests you, please check that out on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Katie Tupin. Okay, guys, so don't forget to comment because you could win a merch bundle from me. You can win some stuff from me. And don't forget to share it either because then you'll win something really cool from my guest, Sue Stowe, who I will welcome right now. I am so excited to have gotten to have the conversation with my new friend, Justin Osborne. Okay, so I am here with Justin, also known as Susto, uh, and I am so excited because I am a new fan, and I saw you for the first time when we were both playing the Carolina Jubilee, and you did a solo thing, and then I like looked you up, and we have like 42 mutual friends on Instagram or something, and I was like, how have I missed this? Like, where was I? So thank you so much for joining me on my brand new podcast, Tupin Talks. Uh, how are you doing today, Justin? I'm doing great, and I'm glad we were able to connect. Carolina Jubilee is a, definitely a special uh, event. It was fun, but yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So uh, so you you played that festival many times, it seemed like. Yeah, I I think I've played every year except for the first year, and usually we played full band, but um, this year I did something different. But it was really fun. It was fun to go out and just kind of play to like the open field of people, and you know, just me and acoustic guitar. It was cool. But it was I remember the weather and the and everything being really nice that day. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was getting dark when when you were playing, I think, and then I and then I played, and it was dark, and but everybody was there, and um. I, I found, I don't know if you feel this, but I feel like while this year has been odd in attendance to shows, the people that show up to shows are like ready to be there. And I felt oh, yeah, like totally. those people were just like ready to, to, to be there and really present. Yeah. That, that festival's always got like, like I said, I'm a, a veteran of that festival many years, but um, the, the folks there are always very into it. You know, it's like a very much a homegrown kind of spot, but I definitely agree. I think everything's kind of thought out and well, it's not completely thought out, you know, like shows, I feel like it's not quite the same yet for a lot of things, but 
the folks that are there are like there for a good time and they're like singing along and you know having a blast and just i think just really generally excited to be experiencing everything again yeah it's like people um i think i think knowing that like this could be taken away from us at any moment um yeah. like really puts it in perspective and so like when you're at a show or like i i went and saw my friend willie watson last night play here in town and i hadn't oh, seen yeah. him in like three years and since i was in la and since the lockdown and everything and and i just i mean i i cried during the show because i thought you know i don't know if i'm when i'm gonna see my friend again and i don't know when i'm gonna experience his music again and it's just so it's like a whole new level of like power to to go to the live show do you go to live shows as a, I, I mean, do you, I mean, I've been, I've been playing them. Speaking of the show, you went to, you, was it the show at the Burl? Yeah. Are you going to be at the Burl? No, but I love that place. And because I, I, I think this guy I've been really into opened that show. Um, I can't, Vincent Neil Emerson or something like yes. that. I, I don't yes. know if I'm getting it completely right, but I've been listening to Cow, it a, lot, a but, cowboy. He's a cowboy. Yeah. A true cowboy. Yeah. Um, He's a true cowboy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been going to shows here and there. I, uh, you know, I, I've, been playing a few which has been fun but um yeah i i don't know i've been trying to go when i can charleston is is weird you know we have a lot of uh local bands and stuff to, to go see and there's a really cool local scene so i've been going to some of that stuff but i haven't really made it out for i guess that's not true i've had some friends come through and i've gone through and seen them like we have this venue the poor house here which is kind of like uh -huh. the spot I've that played play there so many times yeah so you know i mean I, i've gone over to the poor house and seen folks play and it's it's fun it's like i i totally agree with you it's like especially a couple of months back when things really just started to see the light of day for the first time it was like wow i can't believe i'm at a show i can't believe people are back on the road and then from the the other side it's like i just got done doing like a little run through the midwest where we were i mean the south and the midwest we were in like nashville and and louisville and Indy and like Chicago and uh it was just fun to be back in some of these rooms and seeing the but like a lot's changed though too you know like the rooms are the same but the personnel's changed and um I don't know some of it's still the same but it's definitely going to take some getting used to that because you get so used to that circuit you're on you know and then um and then you don't know what's still there and what's not I guess after everything that's happened yeah, I mean, I I haven't done a whole lot of touring myself like since since everything. I did a short run of shows that that I met you on. I don't even know if we actually met. I think I just saw you. Um, I think we said hi in passing. Yeah, it was, um, it, was it was brief. I was I was traveling by myself too, and I'd been like I'd come in from Americana Fest that morning, so I was a little. Oh around. yeah, we had come from there too. We had come from there too, <laughs> and and Americana Fest is a really good example, though I think of of like how weird things kind of have been i don't know if it was for you but it was um i know it was one of like the lowest attended americana fests and um and and people that are buying tickets aren't showing up i've had that experience a lot i don't know if you've experienced that like in chicago i had over a hundred people not show up to a shuba show you know it was like that you you'd notice that you know and yeah. um and it's been a weird thing but then again there's the flip side of the people that are there like they need it like they're there and they're they want it and they need it and and I think that's important to continue to do, um, to, to play shows for people. But how are you feeling? Because I know I have a lot of friends that have uh, really mixed feelings. A lot of people got really used to being kind of a homebody in 2020. And some people were just dying to get back out on the road. How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's mixed for me because I, so I have a young daughter. So like I like being home was actually really well timed for me because like she was like six months old when everything kind of happened. Oh. And now she's like a little over two. And um, so I got to see like really important pivotal moments in her life, you know, like yeah. first steps and things like that. And, and I also just got used to being home and being in the routine um, and being back in my community. Cause I mean, I, I mean, I started Susto in Charleston you know, like in 2014 or something like that. And, but I've essentially not lived here since then because I was on the road, like so many days a year. Yeah. Um, but then kind of getting back used to it, you know, was, was really nice. So I, I've, I don't know, it's been mixed because I, I, I definitely missed it. I, it's in my blood. It's like, you know, touring is what I do and performing and, and all of it, you know, I, I love the rhythm of it. Um, but I found it a little hard to catch that rhythm again yet you know i think i'm still kind of getting into it um but yeah i, I don't know I, I i definitely feel the pull of the road and the pull of the stage and, and all that like i 
but at the same time trying to navigate being safe like i feel much safer now with um you know the kind of things that are available to mitigate like the risk associated with mm -hmm. you know the pandemic out and the the disease i shall not speak of but um uh <laughs> the rona but yeah i mean i don't know i i, I like i kind of, i kind of finally got to realize what it's like to be home but at the same yeah. time like i miss what i do so it's 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 a mixed bag yeah i think for for us that have like really been road warriors you know like um for most of our adult lives it's it was a really sort of a shock to the system um yeah. at first but then it was like oh this is kind of nice like i have friends that like i go see that are like live next door or, like my neighbors know who i am you know and like that that was that's been really nice and like i got a boyfriend you know like like that's like that i live in the same city as you know like that's exciting yeah. and so um so there's these things that are like that you really do miss out on by being on the road you know like you miss first steps you miss pivotal moments um uh but then there's this you know there's this sort of passion that um that is uncontrollable too of like i i have a purpose and i have a thing that i do that 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 fuels me. And so I agree with you about like feeling a little polarized about it all, but you have a new record that came out this year, um, time in the sun. So tell me about that because, um, that must've been a 2020 writing process. Am I? Yeah. Guessing? I mean, it, the, 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 I guess the onset of the whole lockdown, everything was fairly well-timed for us. I mean, we, we were wrapping up our, last album cycle, like right as everything was shutting down. So I was already planning on getting in the studio. I already had um, a good portion of my new album written, or at least, you know, the writing had begun. And so we kind of just turned to the studio. We're like, okay, well, the shows are all canceled. When we did some online stuff, I think a lot of folks kind of pivoted to that for a while. Um, but really just kind of found, again, to not to overuse the word, but found our rhythm in the studio because it became this thing where we're like, you know, almost like a regular day job. I was like, okay, I'm going to clock in. I'm like going to the studio in the morning and then like recording till like mid afternoon and then coming home and having dinner with my family. You know, it was like, it was actually quite nice. And um, you kind of wish it was always like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think you know, like that balance that it, it kind of made me realize that a better balance can be struck in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but in terms of the recording, I mean, we, we, we had started a little bit right before everything shut down. We started recording in January of 2020. And then when we came home from this tour that ended literally days before everything shut down, we were like, okay, well, let's just keep recording. And we, um, you know, we took advantage of some of the, like the government programs for small businesses and got, um, some SBA loans that really helped us kind of keep going in the studio. And we have there's like a really close collaborator of mine. His name is Wolfgang Zimmerman. He has a studio here in Charleston and he's produced or collaborated on every, everything Suso has ever done. So he's like the ghost member of our band. He's a studio member. That's my dog. There must Bumpies. be somebody here. He sounds like a rooster. It's a problem. Well, hold on. We can, we can probably get home at some point and you'll hear her yelling too. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Okay. Okay. I think he's calmed down. The, the mailman must have left. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we're safe from, from whoever the terrorist was that was coming in my house. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, sorry. Uh, Cheeto cut you aside, off. Yeah. We had a good time recording and we, we utilized some of the things that were available and we just poured ourselves into it. I mean, in the past, I've not really had the, the time or the, uh, yeah, just the time to just record is and go as far with the project as we want. Cause you're always kind of like navigating the time in between touring and. Okay. So um, tell me more about that. So do you have, so do you, do you have a home studio that, so you're recording in his studio, correct? Yeah. So it's a studio that's like, I mean, when, he, when we first started working together, we were living in the same house and we had a storage unit that he was using as his studio. And that's how we made both of our, our first two records no were made storage units yeah and so then he transitioned to getting us an actual legitimate studio space um a few years ago now and so he has a studio that i also consider like my home studio I, I work out of there and i also have a rehearsal studio that's attached to it so like we call it acid boys headquarters because we're all that's our little collect collective of um lsd loving um musicians um but uh so yeah so Acid Boys HQ, better known as the space, is is where we recorded, and it's uh, it's like right under the interstate as you're coming into Charleston. So there's like lots of noise in the back of our of our record. Uh, but, um, how do you navigate yeah. that? We just embrace it. 
we just, just embrace it. It's kind of, that's, I mean, before when we were recording, we were recording in a storage unit that's like right next to a, where now exists like a lot of like uh, apartment buildings that have been built in Charleston in the last, you know, decade. And so there were like on one of our earlier records, we just had to utilize the noise. So like there was like a pile driver going on outside and we had like had the whole day booked and we we're like, what are we going to do? We can't like do anything about this pile driver. So we just sampled it and used it as the, the, the like click. And then it became like the snare sound for the, for the song. And Oh, that's, and that's cool. Yeah. We just embrace it. I mean, we don't, we don't have any fan, anything fancy. It's just, well, you know, it surprises me because I was listening to time in the sun as your newest fan. And, um, it's, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that because I do feel like it's very, very well produced and very like it, it I wouldn't call it clean, uh, sounding like as, but I would call it like, uh, thoughtful, uh, production right. throughout, you know, it doesn't, it does it's, it sounds polished, but in like with a still cool way, you know? Yeah. I mean, like we, you know, it's not like we're making a record for the first time. So like, even, even though we have, uh, like the, the issues that we're dealing with, with the surroundings and stuff, like, you know, we've learned how to work around it. We've learned tricks and stuff as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, also we, we take, I mean, we, we take what we're doing seriously. So it's like, we, we, we try to mitigate it and make it as, as, as quality of recording as we can. But we also at the same time embrace the limitations, but, but also, you know, like we, we recorded everything there and we, we, it wasn't mixed or mastered in, in Charleston. We had an amazing mm -hmm. mix job by Kenny Takahashi that I think really makes the album pop. And like, we have a problem of like over layering sometimes because we just, especially in the scenario where we just like had unlimited time to record, we were just like, well, let's see how far we can take this thing. You know, let's just like get I'm this so texture and texture some more. Yeah. And, and that. Kenny was really able to kind of like bring out those layers and make them uh, help them complement each other. And, um, and you know, like, I don't know, a good mixed job is really important, but that's not to belittle like how you know well that Wolfie does in his studio because um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you can hear the interstate sometimes and sometimes the guitar pedals will pick up like people's radios going over and but that's, that's cool, you know, and, and yeah. otherwise though, it's an isolated, you know, it's an ice room with, with wooden walls and it's yeah. built like a studio. So, right. um, yeah, we, you know, we're doing our best. It's, it, it, we still feel kind of DIY, but you know, our DIY yeah. is, is making progress. Well, it's still cool is what it is. It's just still cool. Um, so you, that, yeah. do you, um, do you write much in the studio? Cause I've never done that. I've never been a person that's been like, like I, and it's probably just because of like tight on budget. Like I always just like have it kind of all mapped out before I take it to the studio, at least to a degree. Are you doing much of the writing or much of the arranging in the studio? Yeah, totally. Uh, really? I mean, I definitely am a person who writes and a lot of the ideas, probably like 70% of the ideas are like, or even fully realized songs. And a lot of times that I'm coming in with that I've like demoed at my house, either just like in garage band or like on like a, even sometimes just a, a voice memo. But yeah. um, because of the flexibility, because we're working in essentially a, our home based studio, like the cost is low. So we don't feel like we're, you know, just yeah. wasting time. Like, to us, like, you know, and I'm, I'm paying Wolfie for this time when he's in there, but like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a homie rate. So it's like, and also he's a part of the writing process. So, yeah, I mean, definitely a good portion of the writing is done kind of, um, ad hoc, like in the studio and then, uh, but certainly the arrangements as well, because I, uh, we never really have a plan for what the arrangement is going to be. We go in, we kind of just try and evolve. We kind of, it'll kind of start to reveal itself who the studio band is. And then that each one of those people will have their voice on essentially all the tracks. So it's like, and some of that are, is part of the live band. Some of that's just like long-term collaborators that have at one point been part of the live band and maybe now are just like kind of in and out in the studio thing. Cause it's, it's very much like a collective approach to creating the soundscape around like my narrative. Um, yeah. And so I've, I'm very much supported by a village of friends who just happen to be hyper talented. I want to, I'm, I'm so curious because you, you're seem like a super realized and super like you, you know, like I said, you've been in the game for a while. I just am late to the game. Um, and so I have started an online community for like up and coming and new artists that are kind of just starting out. And I feel like you could like drop some serious wisdom, but, um, 
of, of sort of how you how you came to be because uh you, how many albums do you have uh this is the fourth susto album but the fourth Susto album. but this is like my 11th album wow or 12th maybe yeah wow i can't remember wow so so tell me a little bit just about you because i don't know you um about your start in we're getting music to know each and, other I know this is like, like least, this is the real deal. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get to ask questions or not, but you can ask um, whatever you want. I'm okay with that. Um, I, uh, but yeah, so where are you from and, 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 and what kind of brought you into music? I'm from South Carolina. I I've lived in Charleston since essentially since 2005. Like I've, but I, uh, I spent like the first 10 years of my life in this rural community called Puddin Swamp, South Carolina. It's where my parents Puddin are from. Swamp? Puddin Swamp, baby. That's oh my a, God. No that G, just actually apostrophe. combats the town that I'm from, which was Floyd's Knobs. Floyd's Knobs? Floyd's Where Knobs. And it's Southern Indiana. Oh, wow. Floyd's Southern Knobs. Indiana. There you go. Floyd's Knobs. Yeah, right, right across from Louisville, Kentucky. Like literally okay. like the river divides um, gotcha. the states there. But yeah, put, 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 in, put in Swamp? Put in Swamp. Yeah. Wow. And uh, okay. yeah, it's, uh, it's like right off of I-95. In the, okay. what they call the corridor of shame in South Carolina, where like, we have, like the worst, the worst like public education in the country or something oh. in that that little corridor. But yes. um, anyway, I spent. Is it like where the crawdads there. sing? No, that was Georgia. Did you read that book? Oh, no. uh, that I haven't read that. My wife has it. And my mom swears by it too. But yeah. I, oh, it I is so good. It. I listened it. to it on Audible. Anyways, like highly, highly recommend. I should. I like. I, I actually like. Yeah, I, I, I love audiobooks too. So I'll I'll yeah. take that recommendation, Katie, and I'll yeah. I'll apply it to my life. Um, but, I'm cutting you off yeah. though. I'll shut up. No, it's fine. I love the the, the back and forth. It's great. Um, I uh, it's keeping me on my toes too. But I, I I grew up in like a fairly religious household. Um, so I guess my first kind of experience with music was like just singing in the choir and stuff, and then. We moved to a slightly larger city, Florence, South Carolina, whenever um, I was like 10. And then I was there through high school and that was where I, I started like playing the guitar and youth group and stuff. And then um, then I started my first band when I was in like the ninth grade and got kicked out of school for a song I wrote about the school I was going to. It was like this like conservative Baptist school that my parents thought would make me a better person. Wow. But, um, I wrote a song about them and I got kicked out for it. And that was when I kind of started to realize the power of songs. And uh, I, mean, I guess I already knew it, but. Wait, so you were like stoked that you got kicked out of school or were you like. Oh yeah. I was like, I'm a rebel, okay. you know, like oh my getting... God. I went from the Baptist school to the Presbyterian school across town. Um, okay. A big life-changing event for me. Okay. Uh, and then I left there and I kind of had this band that I started and it was called Sequoia Prep School. And we uh, had like a MySpace hit my senior year. Okay. And, and so and so I got like my first dose of like playing like a Legion hut with like a, like 80 people like singing the words to my song. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, when you were in high school, you had this experience. Yeah. And so then I... I left and I went to this military school here in Charleston called the Citadel. And just because my parents kind of encouraged me to go to military school because I was a rebel. And then um, I, but I spent all my time like that I should have been studying and like shining my shoes and stuff like on MySpace trying to book DIY shows wherever I could. And so I started like booking shows and writing through MySpace. And... What a pioneer! <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's I, I really appreciate. That's a term. That feels like a term of endearment. So thank you. For it, that. Was, but, um, it was. It um, was. Yeah, I just really wanted to tour. You know, like I was really into like. Uh, kind of alternative bands in high school, like the kind of DIY, like pop punk touring scene. I was yeah. into that scene, but I was playing like folk music. So I was trying to um, just emulate what I saw, like the bands that would book their own tours and print their own merch and stuff like that. And so we were doing that and I released like four albums with that band. Um, Can I cut you off and ask a question? Yeah. So you're doing this, you're doing this folk stuff, but you're listening to pop punk stuff was there was there a part of you that wanted to do the pop punk stuff or what what how did how did that happen for you i had done it before like my first okay. band so i'd put like two albums out in my first band the one i got kicked out of school with that was uh like more punk 
uh, and then okay. like kind of screamo. And then okay. I like to call that band that I was doing the MySpace had the MySpace hit and stuff. It was more like a like a emo folk, like before. Okay. I mean, kind of like dashboard wannabe type stuff. Okay, um, a little gotcha. bit more country tense though, because I was from Puddin Swamp, you know. So it was like this Puddin weird Swamp. like country emo blend. Um, I want to hear those recordings. Um, don't. I mean, they're I, unfortunately I, they're out so, there. But so what? I have a question, a personal question. What are your thoughts on Blink One Eighty Two? You know, it's funny. I heard. Uh, I can't remember. I was listening to something on an NPR, I think today or yesterday, and like it was a a, a conversation about ageism, like in the workplace. And they went to a break and there was this like uh, classical rendition of What's My Age Again? And I was like, this is amazing. It was so beautiful. Well, I, you know, a... I'm making a tribute album. I'm making a Blink-182 Americana tribute album. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> if you want to How... sing on it, let me know. Oh, you, you got, you got, you, you got my contact. Like I'm on board for that. So like, okay. You, okay. Like I, it's, it's, I, it's also I like, for the leukemia and lymphoma society because Mark Hoppus has uh, lymphoma. Right. So um, but yeah, cause I, I ask you this because people that even are into the, were into the pop punk thing that was happening, um, when we were young and, uh, they're very polarized about Blink-182. It's either people hate Blink-182 or yeah. like, they're like, that's my favorite band. <laughs> I was, I was kind of like, in, I definitely didn't hate them. I, I, I wasn't like only list exclusively listening to Blink. I was more of a Green Day person, to be honest uh, with yeah, you. That's, but... Well, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Green Day it, it it's it's better but um the uh the the blink songs have these like over the top hooks that make really yeah. good americana yeah, songs so good. i bet um, that's so that's so ingenious of you to, to do that I'll, i can't I'll, wait i'll send you some recordings i'll let you if you want to sing on something you just let me know oh i'm 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 there for it let's consider that booked all okay. right it's uh, booked okay all right continue on with your life you're you're <laughs> <laughs> sorry i keep cutting so, you off yeah i was in this i was in this like emo country folk band or whatever you want to call it like doing diy touring for uh you know basically from like 2003 until like 2012 and but never really catching a break i mean we had the initial myspace kind of success that like got us hooked and we, we had you know you know like grassroots success in the carolinas like and also and we would tour out to as far as texas and up to new york and stuff but we never had any sort of team and so I was just like, you know what, music business is not going to work for me. And so I, I ended that band and I like had gone, I had dropped out of school at some point, like to just pursue it. Uh, because we had like this like development deal with Atlantic Records that like did not pan out. Uh, but I st stayed out of school. But then I went back when I decided to kind of like end that band. And through that, it led me to Havana, Cuba, because uh, I was studying like Latin American politics and I was... Um, particularly interested in leftist people's movements in Latin America. And so I ended up in Havana. This is like 2013. And I was there for like six months and uh, completely fell in love with music again. I went there to study politics. And then like the first night I fell in with all these musicians. And so I started playing and recording and writing with all them wow. and, and learning about this like kind of Cuban singer songwriter tradition called Trova, which is like a cognate of the word troubadour. Um, uh -huh. So like trovadores is like a Cuban troubadour, you know? And so it was like, my Spanish was like non-existent. So I had like my friends kind of translating these songs for me and really taking time to explain to me why the writing was so good and um, how playful they were yet confessional. And there was just all these elements. I was like, wow, this is really cool writing. It's like, it's this folk, tradition that's like sexy political brutally honest and just like but also playful you know like and it's well written and poetic and so it really inspired me to kind of just try and up my game and also just like really be more confessional because i was going through a lot of like changing my worldview um and like I was up to that point, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to write how I'm going to feel because like my parents are going to hear this, you know, and I started to not really care about that anymore. Sorry, mom. Dad, I still, but... I still have that. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's I still a, carry it's that around. Yeah. I, know, I, I, I you know, I, like I, I love my mom. <laughs> I love my mom. Actually, my mom has finally become a Susto fan again. She really likes time in the sun. So it's, I say it again, <laughs> she's finally become a Susto fan. <laughs> uh, this was the um, first time. 
Yes. Yeah. So your parents uh, weren't necessarily parents were, like, all in support out, of this. They were, like, they were worried about me. They were like, we don't know you anymore. And I was like, oh, no, man, probably don't. But it was fine. It was like a whole thing. But well, that so takes a lot of courage. Well, yeah, it also takes I was probably an asshole about it, too. But I just like yeah. I was angry. I was like changing. I felt like I had been like raised in a way that like wasn't compatible with the way I was seeing the world. A lot of that had to do with my kind of like becoming more interested in psychedelics and kind of using LSD uh, more often and kind of peeling back some layers. Um, but yeah, and then I found myself, I came back and some of the songs I'd written in Cuba uh, became the catalyst for Susto. And I was kind of performing as Susto in Cuba as well because I discovered the term Susto, which means like uh, when your soul gets separated from your body, when you go through something traumatic. Um, and oh. so I was like, oh, I'm experiencing that right now. Like, I'm not me. Like, uh-oh. There was a bug. Um, I don't know why there's a bug in my house. <laughs> hey, some, they find their way in. But um, uh, yeah, so that's a yeah. long-winded story. And then, and then I then, so that put my first Susto album out in 2014, and I've been kind of going after it since then. That's it. I love that story because it's, um, I think, I think a lot of people are under the impression that like this sort of journey in music of, uh, is a linear thing and it's just, just not a linear thing, you know, yeah. it's not. And, um, to get to even to the point where like, you know what, I'm really doing this, you know, that you, you took a few different paths and you went a different, different ways. And I think that that's so interesting and so important because it, you know, you eventually got led to what you're doing now. Um, I, I had a conversation, uh, with a friend recently and we were talking about, uh, in 2020, how we sort of, um, had the realization because we had the time of, uh, we've been doing music, just music for so long that there are other interests create creatively for us as artists. Did you experience that? Or do you feel that? Do you experience that? Yeah, I, um, so it wasn't necessarily creatively. It was more just like a different interest. Like I, um, I, I started like self auditing my carbon footprint as an artist. I was like, okay, what am I saving by not being in a van five hours a day, like, you know, and started getting really interested in um, environmental science. And so I like, I got a job with the forest service, like working and like uh, measuring carbon sequestration. Wow. Out of the Francis Marion forest. Uh, I also like went back and finished my degree because I dropped, I dropped out of school like twice and I only had one class left. So, um, wow. and then, and then I, and I, I don't know, it, it, it was fun and I'm still something I'm still really interested in, but like I, so I went way down this kind of academic path and I got into graduate school and I was starting this program. I was really, and I'm still really interested in transition to electric vehicles in the touring industry. Um, so I started having conversations with people at Live Nation and different, um, different like kind of organizations that are also interested in, you know, making touring more sustainable. Um, so I would, took a deep dive that way. I mean, I, I learned a lot about, uh, state of the environment like why it is how it is and how we know that and um basically just i guess up to my scientific literacy which was valuable but then i also like went way down the path and like got into this graduate program and then like found out my record was going to come out my first semester of graduate school and i'm pretty much dropping out right now <laughs> because i can't do both okay but yeah. um uh but you know it's the, it's the third time I've dropped out of school and I always end up getting back to it at some point, but, um, yeah, well, I, so, I think it sort of fuels the, the other th stuff sometimes fuels the creative part, at least for me. I don't know if that's a thing totally. for you, but like the fact that I was able to be like, you know what, I'm going to put this music aside and I'm going to look at something else for a while. And then now I can turn around and look back at it and say, okay, there's a fresh fr with fresh eyes and a fresh, fresh uh, perspective. What, what was your kind of like pandemic, like, how did you, oh. what was the new, what was the new thing? Well, well, I'm still in it. <laughs> I, um, th all right, this is super weird. So I was, I wanted to take an acting course. I've been interested in acting. I was in a short film awesome. and I was like, this is awesome. Like, I would love this. And, and it's terrifying. It's outside of my comfort zone. And I'm a person that just like, I need to be outside my comfort zone. And I found in music because I had this sort of big career with Houndmouth and then I'm going back. I don't feel I never feel stage fright. I don't get scared. Like I've kind of mastered all of those demons and I need places to go that are scary, uh, to fuel me. 
And so acting was that. And so I took this online acting course through the New York Film Academy. Through that acting class, I met a, a Bollywood director um, named Shashank Katan, who's very big right. Bollywood director. And he and I, he was taking the course because he eventually wants to make Hollywood films and uh, wanted to kind of make sure he knew the lingo. And um, so him and I really hit it off because I wrote some comedy sketches and I wrote some stuff and we just kind of became friends. And he's a big rom-com director. And so I was like, I pitched him a rom-com and he was like, well, why don't you just write it? Like, you're a really good writer. And I was like, well, okay. And so he's like, take the screenwriting course. And I was like, okay. And so I did, and I took a screenwriting course and I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I, uh, I then was commissioned by Dharma Productions to write uh, a film uh, with Shashank. And um, so I've been doing that. And then um, his suggestion to me for acting was like, you need to take an in-person acting course. And so, uh, because you're good at this, but you still like, that's the missing piece of like, you need to practice like acting with other human beings, not right. over a screen, you know? And so I actually am, I'm taking a course in January, an acting course. Um, and like that never would have happened if I hadn't had the time to just chill. And it still not, might not be a road that like, that I end up there, you know what I mean? But um, I do know that having the space from music is gonna be good for me creatively, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that sounds so cool. I mean, like- Isn't that weird? You know, I think having the, like this, uh, like referring to it as space for music is great too, because it's really easy to get sucked in to the cycle of touring and everything like that and recording and everything. So having like a forced separation from that is rad. It sounds like you have like a, new burgeoning career that's that you're really good at maybe and i and started sure, like, a, and I started a podcast <laughs> the podcast is great too like i i love the um you know that's it, it you know you're a great conversationalist too i guess maybe it's because i i just you're letting me like just talk like crazy but like i um i uh i don't know it's cool like i i sometimes like feel like maybe i should have like gone more the creative route uh in my time off because like at the end of the day like i'm not a scientist <laughs> like i'm a fucking acid boy but but you're a curious um, a curious person sorry, I'm, I'm you're curious, curious sorry, i don't person. know if i'm supposed to curse on here or not but you can curse i i don't care i mean believe me it's, it's fine yeah uh, my my mom doesn't care <laughs> anymore <laughs> <laughs> thanks katie um, i'm sorry about that no <laughs> So, yeah, no, I think, I think just being able to have some space and follow that curiosity and some people didn't even do that. It's like, they just fucking relaxed, you know? Yeah. Um, that's what I, that's that actually what needed. I should have done. That's what I'm like, that's what I'm realizing I need to do now because I've like, you know, without being like too personal, I've like been in like a whirlwind the last couple of months because, um, I think a lot of stuff just started to, to kind of converge because I had all the school stuff going on. I also like, you know, new record coming out and also like dealing with what it's meant to be home for a year and a half and like how that's changed me and how I've dealt with it. And, uh, I'm kind of realizing now that I, cause I, I'm the type of person who will just take things onto my plate and take, cause I'm interested in everything. I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. curious, you know, like, like you said, and, um, I'm learning that it's like, okay to be curious, but not like necessarily chase down all those things because I have you know, I, I want to focus on, on Susto and, and not that Susto will necessarily even be my only musical outlet for the rest of my career. Like, you know, I'm not afraid of reinventing and some, you know, some other I mean, stage. Name you're going to be on a Blink-182 tribute album, apparently. So that is the, currently the thing I'm most psyched about in my career. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, like just taking time to relax. I think that's really valuable. I think for some people that comes more naturally. Um, I'm a bit like manic and just like want to do, 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 and feel like I like, oh, life is so short. So let's just like, I thought I just said do, do, but, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm learning to kind of like smell the roses, so to speak. And just... Well, I'm with you. I want to do, do too, but it, you know, it is important to, to stop. And I think that the, um, that the forced lockdown was like in that moment, like I was sort of panicking of like, oh, I gotta find something, I gotta write, I gotta do something, I gotta take, take a course, I gotta make the most of this time. And that's just how I'm wired. And part of part of me, um, part of me, it wants to kind of 
monitor that. And the other part of me is like, you know what, this is how you're wired and this is who you are. And that's okay too. You know, like you're just yeah. going to get a lot of shit done. Um, and that's fine. You know, that's good. That's good. And, but I do think that it's important that, um, especially it sounds like with your new family that you get to find a new balance and you can see that there's a different, maybe a different balance to strike. Yeah, I started to realize that's like why like dads wear new balance shoes because like you like all of a sudden you're a dad and you have like a new balance in your life. Oh, shut like, up. <laughs> <laughs> it was just funny because this is the actual thought I had. I was like, maybe I should name my album New Balance. And I was like, no, there's a shoe company. I can't do that. You could have got um, a sponsorship from the shoe company. I tried that before with Bud Light. It didn't work, but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a. Why did you write a song for Bud Light? What did you do? No, well, we had this song called Chill on the Beach with My Best Friend Jesus Christ. And um, and there's like a video for it. And the whole thing is like, chill on the beach with my best friend Jesus Christ. And it's like, drinking Bud Light, drinking Bud Light. And in the video, like, you're like hanging out at like a tent revival. And like, and yeah, Jesus is chilling with you, having a couple beers. Not too many, but like a couple. That's you know? hilarious. Um, there's I mean, a video Jesus, Jesus, his first miracle was making water into wine. So he could get down, you know. And you know, depending on the translation, that could also be Bud Light. So um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I threw out the Bud. Yeah, I should have gone for the New Balance uh, endorsement though. But um, you know, once I, I, I wrote a a topo, a topo Chico jingle unsolicited because I'm just such a big fan of Topo Chico, yeah. and I was like, I yeah, really want them to sponsor me. Like, I really want, and I don't want anything from them. I just want unlimited Topo Chico. I want pallets of Topo Chico to show up at my front door. And so I, don't I want got anything. I just want everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, yes, yes, that's pretty much my motto. Um, and uh, so I got really cool people to sing on it. Like I got um, Abraham Alexander, this artist to sing on it. I got, cool. um, uh, you know, like John Mayer's old guitar player did stuff on it. Like I had huge people like on this jingle and they never did anything with it. They were just like, this is cool. We'll send it to our team. And I'm like, but uh, I really, I, like I really shot my shot, you know. I, I respect, you know. I feel like everybody loves Topo. Everybody wants a piece of them. Everybody wants that unlimited supply. Like I, if I had just like Topo in my fridge all the time, like I'd be happy. But I, I drink it, and then like, and also like out here, like you, you'll like run out of it. Like there'll be like a run on Topo Chico, and then like no. there, you can't find it in Charleston for like months. But we got well, to here go in to Lexington? the off the other day in Chicago. Have you ever been there before? The what? Wilco's like loft studio oh, in no. Chicago. I haven't, I haven't, so but rad. I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, it's rad. But they had like this just in your face, like stocked Topo Chico cooler. I was just like, wow. I didn't want to like ask for one because I don't know. The we were bridge. Glad, glad to be or there. The but yeah, it was like, you know, I've seen those, like our label has one too, but theirs is like, they had like six in there. This Wilco one was just like stock. Cool. It's like every time one is taken out, it must, another one must appear or something. Okay. So that's what they told me. They said, well, we'll send you a fridge. And I was like, okay, like that's cool. I'll take the fridge. And they didn't. Um, but you know, who else has a fridge? Marcus King has a fridge in his house. He's got a topo he a fridge. Fr He's got a topo fridge. I can I believe know. that. What I do mean, we have to do? What do we have to do? Anyways. I don't know. Um, really hard. It sounds like. I'm just going to look for one on eBay. Like, I'm not expecting to get sent one. I'll, I'll just, <laughs> you don't want the handout. You just, I'll you'll buy it. The game and stock it myself. There you go. You know, and there you go. Um, well, I, I don't want to keep you here too long. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. So you have, um, there's a couple things I want to ask you about. One is I was on your website and you have sunglasses. Are you selling sunglasses? Tell yeah. Me about these sunglasses. Well, I mean, we live in Charleston, right? We're like a beach band at our, uh -huh. like on some, on some level. And so like a buddy of mine uh, has a company here called Nectar. I mean, they're, I mean, they're an international sunglasses company, but they're based here in Charleston. And like, I met him a couple years ago, like doing this warehouse session, like, and they just started giving me free sunglasses and, uh, and they, they're, they wanted to kind of like get into like a little bit higher quality sunglasses, like these acetate sunglasses. So yeah. They, to do that, they want to collaborate with different people, not just artists, but just different people that are doing stuff that they're interested in. Like their whole motto is like salt of the East. Uh, so people okay. basically from up and down the East Coast who are like living close to the water and working and doing stuff that inspires other people. And um, and my album being Time in the Sun, it was like, this is a perfect, you perfect. know, collaboration to have sunglasses. And so 
Um, yeah, we got they're these so like, cool. sunglasses. That, yeah, they're they're kind of modeled after the style that I, of theirs that I had been wearing before. Um, they kind of have like a wayfarerish type vibe. I don't know if I should. That's probably a copyrighted term, but probably shouldn't. Uh, yeah, trademarked. Yeah, forget I said that. Beat me again, but. Um, they, but they're cool because they have this like I wish I had a pair. They're they're in the other room, but like they're like this cool like tortoise shell camouflage because mm -hmm. I told we you can I'm have a picture of them pop up here and post. They'll they'll pop yeah, up and okay, great. they can see them. Sunglasses um, here here and and they have like a little inlay of like I have this like tattoo of a uh, guitar that my friend Cat Clyde gave me like in an Airbnb in L.A. a few years ago, and so they like put the little guitar on like the like little part that. Cover, goes over they're, your ear that's so cool yeah and their name they're is like real Susto sunglasses that's, yeah that's the house where we lived when we started our band and like where we recorded some of our first album um and is this like so, a limited edition kind of thing that you're doing like just for the run of this that's yeah, really cool really yeah. cool so it, it's really rad and i got a few i got a few free pairs so i'm just like it's you know it's great i get to wear custom sunglasses that are like you know it just feels like that's pretty cool you know like it's rad yeah, yeah, yeah. How much do those run? How much? How much is a pair of Susto sunglasses? I think they're like you know, one oh nine or something like that. I mean, they're not, you know, They're they're nice though. They're not like. How about this? Crazy. So anybody? So we'll do it. We'll do a giveaway here on this um on this on this live stream, and so anybody that comments um, will get a chance to win a KT merch bundle. But anybody that shares this live stream. We'll get a chance to win a pair of Susto sunglasses, courtesy of yours truly. Don't worry about it. Um, and amazing. I, yeah. So how about that? Um, I want to touch on real quick. You have a bunch of tour dates coming up. Um, they're on the website on the sustoisreal.com. Um, and is there anything else that you need to drop here, Mr. Justin Osborne? Yes. Definitely check out the tour dates. We got like, we're starting off next year. We have a few dates kind of in the Southeast to round out this year. And then we're starting off with a show in Mexico city next year. And then we're going to be in the UK and Europe for a little bit. That hasn't been announced yet, but I guess it's okay. Um, and then, uh, we, we can, we can, we can bleep it out if we need to <laughs> No, leave it, let it, let it be known. It's fine. But, um, okay. We have a ton of uh, U.S. and Canadian dates coming up too. So like definitely come see us on the road, check out the new album and, uh, yeah, we're excited to be back out there. We'll see how it goes, you know. Well, and as the as the newest Susto fan, uh, the new album is fantastic. Um, from what I can tell on the live, uh, the videos that I've seen online, the show is fantastic. And um, if mutual friends mean anything, uh, your character is fantastic. So thank you so much for being on here and chatting with me on the very first episode of Tupin Talks. You were the guinea pig and I think I think I think you passed. I think it worked. That's great. I can't believe I get to be episode 1 of Tupin Talks. Thank you Katie you are so episode much for one. Let, let, letting me be uh let me be the guinea pig. That's that's a role I'm actually quite comfortable with, so. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully I'll see you on the road somewhere in, in the near future. I'll uh, talk to you later. Absolutely. Cheers.